Welcome to Let's Talk Seniors. Thanks to Anglican Care. In today's episode, Michelle and I talk about the importance of making a will with solicitor Liam Tobin. Liam graduated from the University of Newcastle in 2008 with a Bachelor of Law, Diploma of Legal Practice and a Bachelor of Science Forensics with first class honours. So we know you're very well (laughs) well placed to give us good advice today, Liam. He was admitted as a solicitor in 2009 and since then has been working in Newcastle. Liam presently works at Baker Love Lawyers, helping clients with estate planning and deceased estates, commercial and property transactions, trust and litigation. Welcome and thanks for joining us today, Liam. No, thank you very much. Very happy to be here and um, actually get to to see you both face to face. I'm sorry that the podcast listeners don't get to enjoy that as well, but um, just something nice for us. Thanks for having me. I think we're kind of glad about that actually, (laughs) Liam. (laughs) Takes a bit of pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, definitely. Um, Liam, I've read nearly half of Australians don't have a will. That's hard to believe. Can you tell us your top five reasons why having a will is important and how often a will needs to be updated? Yeah, sure. It's one of those things where I've got a skewed view because obviously anyone coming to see me is is wanting to put in place a will. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, that said, in, in my experience, that's probably pretty close to accurate. It's, you know, a lot of people don't have one, but at least they're trying to make the right steps at that point. The scary thing is also how many people don't actually know what happens if they don't have a will at all, which is is one thing if you know what's happening if you don't have a will, but if you, if you don't know either of those things, it's it's a bit concerning. So five five most important reasons to, to put in place a will. There's one really overarching one, but I'll try and tie all five in. So look, it's it's make the process easier on, on the people that are unfortunately left behind grieving when someone passes away to, to make sure that the right person is put in charge as, as the executor and, and trustee, um, to make sure that your assets go to the right people. Um, and, and that's sort of, I'm going to expand that one out into two questions. That's also trying to make sure that the wrong people don't uh, have more of an ability to challenge your will. Um, And then any other wishes uh, that that people can put in place in their will, making sure that they're uh, cemented in as well. And if I can tie that all in, it's it's really just to make it, um, make the process easier on those people that are left behind to make sure that your wishes are actually followed through with. So important, isn't it, Kylie? Absolutely. But I think it's kind of one of those things that people tend to put into the too hard basket or the basket of things that they don't want to think about at the moment. So my next question is an interesting one, which I do not know the answer to either, Liam. So I'm learning as we go in this podcast, definitely. Uh, What does the term dying interstate mean? So if if someone passes away with a will, it's uh, it's it's the opposite. Dying intestate means that um, you you don't have a will in place, or the document that you do have for for whatever reason isn't uh, isn't going to be able to follow to be able to be followed through with. If uh, you know, for example, you've got a will uh, that leaves everything to one person, and that person is unfortunately no longer with us. So in intestacy basically means that there's there's not uh, a document in place that can allow your wishes to be followed through with. Um, so there's uh, there, there's an, an act called the Succession Act that outlines what the valid requirements for a will are in New South Wales. And so that's that's the, the sort of key as well is is what you're trying to do is, is put in place a document that satisfies the, the, the requirements under that act and, and sets out what your wishes are. Um, and so if you don't have a will, um, there, there are mechanisms in place. The, the, the courts try and put in place, well, sorry, the legislation tries to put in place a bit of a backup system where it's, it's sort of a next of kin similar Situation, system. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they will look at, look, maybe these are the right people to receive your assets if, if you are intestate and don't have uh, a will 
in place that that sets out something that's able to be done. But you know, in in today's society, the uh, you know the the old nuclear family is sort of less and less common. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it gets quite complicated, yeah, doesn't it? And I guess it beds down that message that it's important to, to have a will in place. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And what role does an executor play in the administration of your estate, Liam? And how do you choose who takes on this role? And is it a good idea to have more than one? Yeah, so so the executor, technically speaking, there's there's a slight difference between an executor and a trustee, but for the, the, the podcast today, basically the, the, the role is to make sure that your wishes in the will uh, followed through with and so in you know 99.9% of the time it's it's going to be the same person that is the person who uh, makes sure that your wishes are followed through with and also collects in your assets holds the assets and, and gets them into the right hands now is it is it a good idea to have more than one yes just because in one sense or the other you can you can set it up in in any way that you you're happy with you can have if there is just one person that's the right person for the job at first instance by all means, it's your document, you should be happy with it, put that person in charge. But um, for a couple of different reasons, it's a good idea if, if you do only have one person in place to, to have a backup, you know, whether or not it's just for flexibility or even just to get you know more bang for your buck if you are putting in place a document, just so that if something awful does happen to that first person or if they're you know struggling with grief at the time and mm. it's just a bit too much for them to go through at the time there's a there's a sensible option to to step back to otherwise if there's a couple of different people that are right for the job at first instance you can put more than one person in place and they sort of work as a as a committee to an extent I know this isn't a funny topic at all, but I've got this mental image in my mind of, I think my only sort of knowledge of wills is from soap operas like Dynasty and, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> and you know, Ridge and, you know, he's come in and taken all the money and... So um, back to a serious note, Liam. Oh, that's okay. Um, we have all heard of do-it-yourself will kits. I think I even had one back in my earlier days at some stage. Uh, what are some of the traps of drafting your own will and are seniors better off getting legal advice from someone like yourself? Look, I've, I mean, I've, I haven't done one myself, but I've had a look at quite a few when people have brought mm-hmm. them in to discuss them. Um, usually it's if someone brings in their will to, to have a look at and it just does the job, um, I'm never going to you know charge them to, to put in place something they don't need to, to you know reinvent the wheel for. I haven't really had too many situations where someone has brought in a, a do-it-yourself and they've done you know the, the job that gets all of their wishes in place correctly. And, and so it's something that, look, you know, seniors or, or whoever it is, seniors obviously have a lot more life experience than certain people, but if you don't have the experience in actually putting in place a document that's going to get the job done, um, I think it's always a good idea to speak to someone that does have a bit more experience. I know it's you know, in, in today's day and age, it's it's handy to be able to um, try and school yourself in certain things and, you know, jump on the internet and learn things. Google. But yeah. And so, look, <laughs> I, look I, I confess I've, I've Dr. Google, Googled myself as well before when I've had a symptom and said, okay, well, what does this mean? Um, and it's one thing to sort of look into things, but uh, look, put it this way, I, you know, I can look on Google to, to check out medical symptoms. I wouldn't I wouldn't operate on myself just because no. someone else is good to get the advice of an expert. Yeah, someone else is better suited for that. And it's so, too important, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. It's it's worth uh, my my view is it's worth doing once and worth doing well. And and yeah, if you can take the time to get the advice um, and put in place a document that is sensible and has good backups and and can make sure that it's going to look after you for a long time, it's 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 worth doing because it's it's going to protect you long term and it's and it's going to save you having to keep going back and, and redoing things and, and sometimes unfortunately people in the future lose the ability to keep updating their documents and so if they don't have something that was nice and forward thinking and well thought out 
first, you might not always have that opportunity to make those little revisions that you might need to down do the, the track. Yeah, yeah. And without a profes- uh, professional like yourself, um, without those someone probing you, you may not come up with or we'll be able to. Yeah, you might not think of everything yeah, and cover right. all contingencies yeah. and. And look, there are there's there's plenty of things to think about. I mean, there's um you know there's, it's it's always worth checking. Uh, you know, with with your various advisors and and making sure that what you're putting in place has had some consideration for for taxation issues and and trying to protect as best you can from from leaving your estate open to challenge from from other people and things like that. So, look, it's one of those things where you know you you my 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 advice is always just to go with your gut at first instance to say, well, what do you want to put in the document? Mm-hmm. But then you've always got to try and look past that as well and say, okay, well, while we want to put in place what you want, what are the other things we need to be careful of and and I think those are the things that sometimes people don't know to think about by themselves necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agree. For all your aged care needs, choose Anglican Care, where every moment matters. And so, Liam, aside from the obvious things like your house and assets, what else can you leave in a will? And just as importantly, what can't you leave in a will? <laughs> as far as assets, it's it's sort of expanding all the time. It's it's something that it's not always just the house and the bank accounts and, and things like that. In in recent years, you've seen a lot more um, uh, digital assets and, and, you know, what to do with someone's, you know, do you memorialise someone's Facebook profile or do you turn it off and things like that? Oh, you know? wow. That's a whole other yeah, yeah. avenue of thinking, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's something that, you know, obviously wasn't around, you know, 20 years ago, but then there's also digital assets and and so the the idea of what is one of my assets is is always increasing but as far as as far as the other wishes I touched on it ever so slightly at the start but basically to expand on what the, the kind of other wishes you can put into your document are it's it's anything from you know do I want to be buried do I want to be cremated and and if so do I have any wishes for what to do with the the ashes or what songs do I really want at my funeral or or um you know other things if I'm the guardian of a uh, a minor child who do I want to be the guardian? Oh, absolutely, yeah. and that's a really important, um, yeah, thing to think of, isn't it? There's certain there's certain decisions that take a bit of time when something. Well, there's certain mm. there's certain issues that take a bit of time when someone passes away, but there's certain things that you really want to be able to move on quickly. And having that written down just gives everyone uh, a little bit of surety about what yeah you, what direction you want. and clarity. Yeah, exactly. And so that would be one of the main reasons that younger people would do a will, wouldn't it? Be if they had young children. Yeah, look, it's it's something where as soon as yeah, as soon as you've got something to make sure it gets looked after, whether or not it's a a, a lovely child or, mm. or a house or whatever it is, yeah, you you need to be able to explain what happens with it. And you know, if things things like the house obviously take a bit of time because you're most likely going to have to go through the court process takes a few months, but you don't want to be going through something that takes a few months to make sure that your children are going to be looked after. You want something in place. You know, the same thing with your funeral. It's it's something that realistically, it's also a good idea to speak to the people around you so that they know what your your wishes are so that they can really make sure that they're, they're dealt with nice and promptly. But yeah, having having something written down can also help just make sure that the right thing gets done when you don't have months to, to plan someone's funeral. Usually. And I guess sentimental items and yeah. jewellery and things like that, people often have a specific person in the family that they want that sort of thing to go to, don't they? Yeah, and it's not quite what... Look, I, I apologise. I don't think I watched Dynasty at all. But, um, <laughs> I, but, there's a, re, a rejig version <laughs> on Netflix, Lee. Which, which one's better, the, the old one or the new one? Well, I don't think the new one's ever surpassed the oldies, okay. the, the originals. No, look, I, I haven't seen it, but I assume when you're talking about these, these, um, you know, these, these will. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of assets at play. Put it that way, Liam. Yeah, and is is it everyone sitting down in a big room with a big list of all the assets, saying, you know, Uncle Charlie gets the? Yes, and usually someone contests 
acid yeah. and it's all very dramatic. Yes, it's all yeah, very yeah, dramatic. Yeah. That's right. No, yeah. So so look, there's there's no it's and it's something I get asked all the time. It's it's not something like you see on TV where there's a big formal. Yeah, I didn't think will. it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's if there is anything you know that you really do for sentimental reasons, want to go to a specific person, it's important to put that down. Otherwise, it it may not get there if it's just dealt with. You know, well, that sort of stuff can uh, cause some family disagreement as well. Yeah, look, it, if, in a perfect world, if there weren't any family agreements, you know, I may not have a job, but the fact is I do. Um, and it's it's because sometimes there is a need to make sure that things are ironclad and, and disputes are taken care of before they happen, because unfortunately not everyone can always agree. No, absolutely yeah. not. Family dynamics. That's a whole other topic. We could do a podcast <laughs> on just that. Share Anglican Care's Let's Talk Seniors on your Facebook page. Your friends will dig us. So, Liam, uh, can you explain the role of a power of attorney and enduring guardianship and when seniors should appoint these? I think that's this is a particularly relevant question to our audience. Yeah, for sure. Look, honestly, it's something that's relevant to everyone as soon as, and it sort of goes back to that question before about even, you know, when, when young families need to put in place documents. The role of a power of attorney or an enduring guardian is a completely different time of life than the will. It's when you need looking after when you are still alive. Enduring documents, the idea behind enduring documents is they they continue to operate if you're no longer able to, to make your own decisions. And these documents are put in place before that happens to say, if I find myself in this situation where I'm no longer able to manage my financial affairs, I, I point this person or these people as my power of attorney. And then the the sister document to that is the enduring guardian, which is the same idea for, for medical and lifestyle decisions. So the the power of attorney can be used for other things as well, you know, if, if I'm going overseas for a month and need someone to sell my house. But the most of the time it's used as if in the future touch wood I need assistance with my decision making, these are the people I trust. And and the reason the reason why I sort of flagged, you know, it's something for, for everyone and not just people when they're uh, uh, a, a little bit older in life is because you, you really have to think of these documents sort of the same way that you think of insurance. It's something where you need to have it in place before before you actually need it. And so... Yeah, I think that's a good way of describing it, actually. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's something that personally I've, I've tried to help people who, you know, have had a, brought a family member in and and been told that this is something that's needed. And unfortunately, it's been left too late. And it's a really heartbreaking um meeting to have with everyone because the the person who's struggling to to make their decisions is obviously trying their best and 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 it's it's frustrating for everyone and and if you can't put that in place it's 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 unpleasant for, for everyone to have to walk away from but yeah you sort of treat it you, you treat it like insurance where you you can't go out and get car insurance if your car has already been stolen you need to have it in place leave it in the bottom drawer crossing your fingers that you'll never need it but just having a bit of peace of mind that it's that it's there if, you know, the worst happens. Yeah, absolutely. And it results in better quality of life for people down the track. And Yeah. 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 No, on, yeah, it is, it is something where, you know, whether or not this is true or not, I do sort of feel that people that do have their, their documents in place seem to need them ever so slightly less maybe you know the, yeah. the, the peace of mind and, and yeah it's not you've... it's nice not to have that worry I yeah, guess exactly that you know yeah. you've got everything in place yeah and and you, you said before this is not a, a funny subject but it, it is something that at least um, even though maybe it's not the most exciting or, or enjoyable thing to go in and mm. do it's it's worth doing just so you can walk away going okay it's off it's off the to-do list I've got that peace of mind now that I didn't yeah. have a month ago and yeah. that's a great feeling when you do something yeah. that's on your list <laughs> yeah absolutely tick 
It's great. Just back to that, when um, we talk about enduring guardianship, can you give us some examples of when people would use something like that? Are you talking about when you get dementia or a car accident or what are some examples? Yeah, and so I guess that's why why you never quite know when you're going to need it because it can be a a, a vast array of... So the enduring guardian is if you need help with medical decisions. Um, And so it's it's basically any situation where you're not really able to have that chat to the doctor yourself to consent to medical treatment. And so if, you know, for example, you, you need to go into any kind of assisted living that's usually something that would happen um i guess statistically more so later in life when people are having uh difficulties with uh cognitive decline but it can also be something that happens uh because you know a a nice young sprightly person has been in an awful car accident Mm -hmm. that you can just never anticipate so it's it's basically the, the document that says look if i'm not able to have that chat to the doctor about medical treatment dental if I need any extra help out at my house or if I need to go in, into any kind of assisted living, um, this is the person who I put in place for my enduring guardian. And yeah, it's it's something that can be because of uh, injury, uh, which is always you know impossible to expect or things that you, you never want but can never really anticipate necessarily, such as uh, illness and, and yeah, uh, decline in, in later years. And so, Liam, if you don't have those things in place, did you say then it falls to your next of kin generally? So there's, there's certain, there's certain uh, not quite fallbacks, but there's, there's, there's other options that are more work, I think, is the easiest way to explain it. If if someone needs help, and so if you if you don't have a will, there's there's the intestacy um, laws that we were talking about earlier, and so it's a situation where yeah, in in that case, the the sort of next of kin is uh, it's a sort of cascading list of well, if you've got a you know if you've got a spouse but no children or or you know this or that, it's a bit of a flowchart, I guess. Okay. Who is around, and then they they go through that list of okay, well these are the people that unless anyone complains, uh, are the right people to receive your assets. When it comes to power of attorney and enduring guardian, it doesn't quite have that you know, fallback position. It's, okay. it's something that if someone does need assistance, then it's it's something where, you know, more likely than not, they're going to have to go through the guardianship tribunal and convince the tribunal or the, or a court that they are the right person for the job. Right, and, so it gets a lot more complicated. Yeah, look, it's, yeah. it's, something, it's something that if, if that's the best uh, available for a person, it's good that it's in place. But if, if someone needs assistance with something and it's you know, usually that's going to be fairly time sensitive. The last thing you're going to want to have to do is, is you know, have to go off and convince a tribunal that you're mm. the right person for the job before actually stepping in and, and, and helping out and having the power to do so. So it's, it's honestly, it's similar to making a will where it's obviously looking after your wishes, but it's also just making life easier for the people mm. around you. Mm. And so it is, it's, it's, it is, you know, a, a little bit helpful to other people in that regard as well. It's, it's not just you that this is going to assist. It's, it's, it's going to help other people and make their life easier to make Pretty sure you're being looked after. Yeah, in stressful times as well, it'd be great to have it so just much more clear cut. Yeah, mm. yeah, and just just know that this is this is what you know someone wanted, and and with with power of attorney and enduring guardian, you can um, narrow down the documents a little bit, and and you know make the the scope as as wide or as as narrow as you're comfortable with, and put any limits or conditions on it. And, and yeah, maybe give a little bit of guidance to the people that are stepping in to help just to make sure that they know know what you want, I guess, and, and what they should or shouldn't be doing. Mm, I'm going to visit my parents on the weekend, oh, Liam. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you can guess what's going to be on the topic of conversation <laughs> list. And okay. blame it on Liam. <laughs> Liam yeah, said you need to have this, this yes, and this. Yes, I will definitely. You've spent a lifetime creating a home. It's where you belong. As you age, Anglican Care's home life can help you remain happy and independent in your very own home. 
Find out how at anglicancare.com.au. Finally, Liam, what should an individual or couple expect to pay for legal advice, which covers the big three that we've talked about today, which is will, power of attorney and enduring guardianship? And where do they go to have this done? Sure. I mean, I, I can only sort of speak from from my experience of it. Um, it's it's something that look, I, I do think it's worth doing uh, doing once, doing well, and doing right with the assistance of a lawyer. Um, I can tell you that um, from from the Baker Love lawyers side of things, we we generally charge these documents as uh, a, a price per document, and so. Um, I guess the the one comment I'll make about that is because it's it's vaguely a fixed fee. You might as well really get that advice, talk through things as much as you want. You're going to get charged the same amount either way, so you might as well get you know more bang for your buck and value for your money and and a bit of a bit more peace of mind. The the way we also do it and try and keep it as as um, you know reasonable in cost as we possibly can is is the more of these big three that you're talking about we do at the same time, um, the more efficient we can be time wise, and we can bundle that cost down. So the, the, I guess the more that we're doing in, in one go and, and the more people are able to, to, to tackle and put in place, um, the, the more um, financially uh, helpful we can be about it. Um, but yeah, just as far as what, what people can expect to pay, um, at least for, for Baker Love, we, we can look after all three documents for a single person for a 595 plus GST. Um, for a couple, because quite often they're, they're going to be a little bit similar and we Often we'll we'll talk to both people about the same things. We can be a bit more efficient, and uh, for the couple, for for all three documents, so six total um, would usually be eight eighty plus GST. That's probably a lot more, a lot cheaper than people actually mm. out there might be thinking. Because when you think about legal fees, sometimes you think thousands really Liam so I yeah, feel like sure. people might think that and go oh that's that is actually really doable and that's probably one of the things that stops people from getting it yeah. done I think because they're scared of uh, the cost yeah. <laughs> potentially especially oh. seniors who are you know watching mm. their budgets yeah of course yeah. And, and look I, I know that uh, you know in, in talking to people sometimes people are, are, are quite scared that you know they're going to get charged every every time they make a phone call or send you an email and so they are worried about actually getting that advice because the more they ask questions they're going to be charge more and 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 yeah for this for this kind of work that's absolutely not the case i'd rather you know go through it um so that when we get to the end of it the person's actually happy with the documents and and it's it's one of those weird jobs where if if i don't see that person again for another 20 years i've done a better job of it i guess um and um it's it's something where look you, your will doesn't have a use by date as long as as long as that document says what your current wishes are it it will look after you um but yeah if if your uh, circumstances change um, or, or your wishes change, then then that's the time when it's the right time to come in and, and review a document that you've previously done, or I guess if you haven't done one before. Um, and we can just make sure that what your wishes are are, are being looked after and, and also try and yeah make sure that it's a document that thinks ahead so that if something big does happen in your life, you don't have to rush into the lawyer and change your documents. You can spend some time catching your breath and uh, dealing with the personal side of things, knowing that you've got something that's going to keep looking after you. Mm, sounds great. Thanks, Liam. Oh, that's okay. Um, Liam, if a senior wants to know more about um, what Baker Love offers, what's sure. your website? Pretty sure it's www.bakerlove.com.au, Liam. That's, I think that's a safe, I would, safe guess. <laughs> I would assume so. I can tell you the phone number. I know that one off by heart. Yeah, what's the yeah, phone so, number? So um, feel free to give us a call on uh, 49443322. And um, whether or not it's myself or someone else, we can um, make sure that any questions are being looked after. Sounds great. Well, um, as part of the ethos of our show, we like to have a little lucky dip at the end of our podcast. Okay. Um, this uh, Everyone's 
gift is always about um, health and well-being. Um, so here's your lucky dip here. Well, thank you very much. Now, uh, do you want me to open this on, on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We want to know what's in there, Liam. I'll, I'll keep it away from the microphone just because it'll... <laughs> Crunkle a lot? Yeah, make for some great audio. It is, health and wellbeing-wise, it is a chill-out wireless speaker. Thank you very, very much. That's excellent. Oh, we love like you're doing your exercises out in the yard. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, some tunes. that's fantastic. I, I do love me some music, so that'll definitely get some use. Thank you very much. You don't Aww. have to do that, but Thank it's you for very coming. much appreciated. Oh, that's okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Liam. Uh, we look forward to chatting to Kathy Bull from Audica in our next informative podcast about hearing loss beyond 60. Do you have any topics you want Kylie and Michelle to discuss? Get in touch by emailing letstalkseniors at anglicancare.com.au.